You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. brother killed the saved brother. That's why he killed him. That was his motive. Now that's interesting. Go back to 1 John chapter 3 and look at the next verse, verse 13. Do not be surprised, my brothers, if the world hates you. Don't be surprised. And it's the same reason Cain hated Abel. And by the way, that's our first evidence on the continuing evidence that you're a true child of God. You're hated by the world. How do you get along with the world? While your motivation shouldn't be to pick a fight, if you boldly share the truth of the gospel, you'll directly contradict the lies that our culture has bought into. As Pastor Danny explains in his message today, no matter how loving you are, many people are going to hate you for your faith. This is to be expected as a follower of Christ. His way is not easy or popular. It led him to horrible suffering and death and you should be prepared to follow him there. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 1 John chapter 3 with today's edition of The Living Word. 1 John chapter 3, you may get tired of me uh, doing this, but I'm going to once again ask you that you're in chapter 3. Look quickly at chapter 5 and verse 13 because this is the reason for this little epistle. This is the motive that the Holy Spirit put behind John's pen to write this little epistle. Here it is. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. You can know you have eternal life. Now, I know how it goes. I mean, a week's gone by, and I forget what I said a week ago, but there were three points last week. I went back for myself and reviewed them, and three evidences that you're the real deal, that you really do have eternal life. And one is you got the right Jesus, and we talked about a lot of Jesuses out here. There are a lot of false Christ. Make sure you get the right one. And if you weren't with us, you say, well, how do I know I got the right one? He's God, very God, capital G, capital O, capital D. And he was with the Father from the beginning. And understand there was no beginning with God. All right? He's without beginning of days or end of life. That's the right Jesus. You get any other Jesus, you got the wrong Jesus. He's God, equal with the Father. That's the right Jesus. And then second... Uh, purity of life, because we have the hope of seeing him one day. We will see him. We'll live with him forever. He who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. So it's an ongoing. It's not a sinless perfection, but it is a purity of life, and that's evidence that I'm the real deal. Uh, and then third, very practical, you can't keep on sinning. doesn't mean you, you sin less, but you can't live that lifestyle of sin anymore. Because first of all, conviction. And second, if you're a true child of God, second is correction. Uh, You go into the woodshed. If you keep on, if you keep on in it, you go into the woodshed. Because God, you're his child. And he loves you enough and he he disciplines those he loves. Now, to connect last week with this week, you go back chapter 3, verse 10. And here's what it says. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. And that's what he moves into now. Verse 11, this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, 
who belonged to the evil one, so he wasn't saved, and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. I don't know if you know that story, uh, but you can take a quick look back in Genesis chapter 4, Adam and Eve's uh, first two kids, Cain and Abel, brothers. In Genesis chapter 4, you pick it up in the middle of verse 2, it says, Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Now, I've heard messages where uh, preachers suggest, and, and maybe there's something to it, that God was not pleased with Cain's offering because it came from the soil. He was, he was a farmer, basically. And Abel, because he brought uh, a blood sacrifice, that, that's why God was pleased with it. But I think it goes beyond that. And the text tells us it goes beyond that. And First John tells us it goes beyond that. Look at the next verse here in Genesis 4, verse 6. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? Catch this, verse 7. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? That tells us he knew what he had done wrong. He knew what was wrong. He knew what was wrong in his life. He's not a saved man. But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you. The reason, and after this, Cain goes out, leads his brother out in the field, and there he murders him. He kills him. And why did he kill him? John told us why he killed him. Because Abel was a saved man, a righteous man by faith, and Cain was not righteous by faith. One was saved, the other was lost. And the lost brother killed the saved brother. That's why he killed him. That was his motive. Now, that's interesting. Go back to 1 John chapter 3, and look at the next verse, verse 13. Do not be surprised, my brothers, if the world hates you. Don't be surprised. And it's the same reason Cain hated Abel. And by the way, that's our first evidence on the continuing evidence that you're a true child of God. You're hated by the world. John's Gospel, chapter 15 John chapter 15, and if you have a red letter edition, you will find this section is in red letters. What does that mean? It means that this is Jesus speaking. John chapter 15, verse 18. Listen to what Jesus said. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I've chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember the words I spoke to you. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they'll persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they'll obey yours also. They will treat you this way, get this, because of my name, Jesus. For they do not know the one who sent me. Now, if you jump down to verse 25, fascinating. But this is to fulfill what is written in their law. They hated me without reason. That's in two places, Psalm 35, verse 19, and Psalm 69, verse 4. They are both messianic prophecies in the Psalms about Messiah. Psalm 69 is fascinating because it also says uh, in that uh, Psalm that zeal for your house consumes me, and the disciples remembered that after the resurrection, after Jesus, uh, well, it wasn't even after the resurrection. They, they thought about it. Maybe it was after the resurrection. Anyway, they remembered it. When he drove out the money changers in the temple, and they remembered, zeal for your house will consume me. 
And then it talks about the gall and the vinegar that he was given to drink on the cross there in Psalm 69. Very specific prophecies about Messiah. In, in Luke chapter 24, the last chapter, Jesus appears to his disciples in his resurrection state. And after he rebukes them for not believing the ladies that saw him, and the first ones to witness his resurrection, he says to them uh, there, everything that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And it's interesting, two Psalms talks about the hatred that they would have toward Jesus Christ. And it would be for no reason, for no reason, because it's spiritual. And he says, look, they hated me, they're going to hate you. Now, it includes religious people. This is, blows my mind. (laughs) Remember Saul of Tarsus before he got saved on the road to Damascus? He's persecuting Christians, thinking he's doing God a service. Here's what it says about that point in his life. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats, murderous threats. He hated Christians, and it was spiritual. And he's a very religious man. You can't get more religious than Saul of Tarsus. In regard to legalistic righteousness, he was faultless. He was a Pharisee. I mean, you can't get more religious than that. But he didn't know God, and he didn't know he didn't know God. It was religious people that murdered most of the prophets. It was a religious people that plotted to put Jesus on the cross. You realize right now, much of hell is populated by religious people. I hate to say that, but that's the truth. John's gospel, chapter 8. John, chapter 8. Jesus, on one of the several uh, encounters with Pharisees, religious people, religious leaders. This is one of those occasions. And... As he's conversing with them, he says, verse 37, John chapter 8, I know you are Abraham's descendants, because they kept saying that, we're Abraham's descendants. And they're talking about physical descendants. He says, I know you're Abraham's physical descendants, yet you're ready to kill me, because you have no room for my word. I'm telling you what I've seen in the Father's presence, and you do what you have heard from your father. And they immediately say, Abraham is our father. He says, if you were Abraham's children, now he's talking spiritual children. If you were Abraham's children, then you would do the things Abraham did. As it is, you're determined to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the things your own father does. And they say, we are not illegitimate children. The only father we have is God himself. Verse 42, Jesus said, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and now I'm here. I have not come on my own. He sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you're unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. John 3.16 shares that we know love because He, that is Jesus, laid down His life for us. Jesus didn't have to do this. He was well situated in heaven with the Father, enjoying the perfect life that exists there. But Jesus knew the depth of love that the Father has for His creation, and He Himself shares that heartfelt compassion. Your Savior came to earth willingly, knowing that He'd be ridiculed, mocked, and sent to die a painful death. He did this for you so that you too could one day know the perfection of heaven and the blessing of dwelling with Him for eternity. Would you like to know more about how you can have a personal relationship with Jesus? Please send us an email at info at ccfstpete.church. That's info at ccfstpete.church.
P-E-T-E dot church. We'd be honored to tell you more. We're so glad that you tuned in today to The Living Word. If you live in the St. Petersburg area, we want to meet you too. Come by Calvary Chapel Fellowship on Saturdays at 6 p.m. or Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. to worship the Lord and learn from His Word. Be sure to stop Pastor Danny and let him know that you're a listener. You'll find more information and directions at ccfstpete.church. If you can't join us in person, you can still be a part of our virtual congregation. Tune into our live stream at ccfstpete.church. That's all we have for today. Tune in next time for another edition of The Living Word. The power.